podcast today. I'm walking outside. I have to take money out of the bank to get my car fixed, which took a shit on me the other day. So excuse the outside noise or enjoy it, whatever you want. Today I wanted to talk about some of the major differences between the gimmicky cookie cutter or bodybuilding style uh, programs that you'll see the typical public person that doesn't play a sport doing versus training for an athlete and what it means to train as an athlete. First thing I would like to address is the the splits of the workouts or the general goal of the workouts day to day. So in a bodybuilding or more of a basic training program that is to improve your physique, you're going to see things like today is arm day, today is shoulder day, today is chest day or something like that. The goal there is to increase size or somehow some way increase definition of the muscle whether it's by burning fat or building muscle mass. The goal for training as an athlete is not to increase muscle size necessarily, but to get the body to move better so it performs better out in the field. And a lot of times, if you have a workout plan that splits it up, you know, where you're only working arms and curls and triceps and stuff like that, you're gonna wind up with the wrong adaptations. Of really having big biceps and triceps is not going to get you to throw much harder than you currently can right now. Um, having a big chest, I'm, I'm certainly someone that proves this, having a really big chest is not going to get you to throw harder either. So understand what you want to get out of each workout. So rather than having a split where you're going by body parts, I recommend getting a plan that that states what you want to get out of each day. Okay, today is going to be a lower body strengthening day. So you're going to squat and deadlift and things of that nature. Rather than having an upper body day where you are splitting it up by body parts, I recommend a pressing or pulling day where you are working on pressing strength. You are working on pulling strength. You could do both on the same day. Um, on the converse side of things, you can also work on power. Today is going to be an upper body power building day, working on rate of force development in the upper body. Whatever it may be, you want the goal of each workout to eventually add up to you know, what you want to be able to do. You want to be able to move your body more explosively and be healthy when doing so out in the field. So your workouts each and every week should try to add up to that over the course of three, four months. Next topic I wanted to touch on is the use of cardio in your training and how often I see it being used by baseball players and how little it is really needed for baseball players. Um, In sports in general, you have to, before you start conditioning, you have to first understand the levels of aerobic versus anaerobic uh, energy systems needed. So in a sport like soccer, for instance, it's very much split in half, where you need 
uh, high aerobic capacity, which means you need to be in very good condition to be able to move for a long extended period of time at a slow pace. But then at the same time, you need to be able to turn it on and be extremely explosive. That's the anaerobic side of things. That's where weight training and plyometrics, if done properly, that's when they should come into play. Out in the baseball field, the energy systems are much, much different. It's almost entirely anaerobic. Where being in good condition comes into play is more in the recovery side of things between games or even between innings. You want to make sure that you have good capillary density, which can come about from conditioning. That allows for better gas exchange and nutrient exchange to the muscles and to the tendons and things of that nature. General joint health can come about from being in good condition as well. So you want to make sure that you have an adequate level of conditioning, but more so you're doing it in such a fashion that is going to help enhance recovery, not hinder it. And conditioning on a day-to-day basis really is going to wind up hindering your recovery more than anything. You're spending way too much energy. You're not really allowing the body to recover from the lifting and the just the general taxing on a day-to-day basis that can come about from being a baseball player, you know, doing all the baseball-specific movements. So if you're running for 5, 10, 15 minutes a day, you're probably setting yourself up to fail in one way or another. Um, if you're forced to condition, I highly, highly recommend that you eat and drink enough water. Allow your body to recover in any way it can and try to train more often in the weight room and on the field to be as explosive as possible. Don't, uh, don't only jog. Like Try to find a way to run sprints, to be explosive in the weight room, to try and train the nervous system to be explosive. And that's really, really a big key that I think a lot of players miss out on. The last topic I want to touch on today is just the general speed that you want to move in the weight room and and the general intent that you want to move the bar with, move the weight with in the weight room as as an athlete. Remember, the the overall goal is, is to make your body move faster, more efficiently. And a lot of bodybuilders will see great results in terms of building their muscles and increasing size because they lift slowly they increase time under tension which in general it's not a bad thing to increase time under tension but it is a bad thing to increase time under tension when you are not moving as fast as possible obviously I'm not speaking on mobility-based movements or shoulder care movements like that. I'm talking more along the lines of the, 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 big, the big movers, the squats and deadlifts and presses and rows and things of that nature. If your intent is not to move your body faster with whatever weight you're using, you're probably not going to get that much stronger. And at the very least, you're not going to train the nervous system to have more neural drive, more motor unit recruitment, and just in general, 
have adaptations that are going to make your body more explosive. You know, I've said this before on my podcast, the difference between a sprint and a squat, a heavy squat, is not necessarily motor unit recruitment, it's the actual actin and myosin bindings. Um, In a squat, all actin and myosin bindings that are available are going to create bridges and, 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 you know, it's going to cause the strongest contraction possible, whereas in a sprint, you're recruiting all available motor units as well, but the actin and myosin bindings aren't necessarily going to be binding together all, all at once. You're, you're going to pass over a lot of actin and myosin bindings to create a more high-velocity movement. So whatever you're doing in the weight room, you want to try and make it as high-velocity as possible so that your body can create the, the adaptations to become a better athlete in general. 